Yo, 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 hey, 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 we are back with another episode of Dialogue Heavy and with George Truly, Michael, Anthony McMillan. Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to your boy. As you know, we got to be intentional, deliberate with everything that we want to do in this life. So I'll tell you one of two things or two of two things. One, that I want to share and express myself and share my stories with friends, family, and fans. And secondly, hopefully get my stories out there to the world. And uh, we're going to see about doing that. So today, guys, we're coming to you with a new story called None, N-O-N-E. And it deals with a uh, middle-aged woman who is dealing with some uh, a certain set of circumstances that she deems insurmountable. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because I want you to just get it revealed to you and then we'll talk a little bit about it after. So I'm just going to give you a quick preview today. I'm only going to do one chapter and it gets pretty intense pretty fast. So hold on to your seatbelts and uh, let's let's get right into it. So uh, without further ado, I bring to you chapter one of none. Here we go. Just what the hell am I doing here? I thought. Inside this enclosed wooden box, sitting atop a wooden bench with very little padding for my ass. It wasn't much bigger than a public urinal, which is funny because people use this place for the exact same purpose. To rid themselves of their shit. The smell was a mix of cheap potpourri and and Murphy's oil soap, which I should be used to by now, but it nauseated me a little in the small space. And in comparison to what I was about to do, that was the least of my problems. I should just go. I thought, but right before I can open the door, I heard the familiar sound of heavy cloth being pulled down the aisle nearest to me and entered the stall connecting to mine. The door closed, and while the many ruffles of clothing came and settled in, my stomach turned. I reconfigured my body, hunching over to make sure whoever was next to me couldn't see me through the screen cut in the middle of the wooden panel separating us. Well, I'm stuck now, I thought. Here we go. I take a long breath. Good morning, Father. It's been six days since my last confession, and I have sinned. I've been having incessant thoughts about sex, and I don't know what to do. There. I said it. Finally, after all these years keeping those gross, unholy thoughts in my head, I told someone outside of myself. Well, that's not entirely true. I do keep a journal to express my frustrations from time to time, but nobody else will ever see those. Well, father said after clearing his throat, God understands our desires. No, father, I told him. I can't think about sex. I should not think about sex and the desires have to stop now. You are human, aren't you? He said. Yes, I said annoyed, but then that's impossible, father interrupted. Even still, It's not right. I see, father said. You see, I said. Yes, I see that you think it's not right to think about sex. Good, I told him. Now what do I do about it? The father giggled. For what reason? I wasn't exactly sure, and honestly, it rubbed me the wrong way. What are you laughing about? I asked. I shouldn't have, he apologized. But... You are of age to be married, no? Yes, father. Then your thoughts are natural. 
I guess he had a point. Even if my thoughts were now fantasy and my fantasies were now past natural, it's still not right. Not in my line of work. Not in my line of life. Are you married? The father asked. No, father. Okay, then. Sorry, sorry, I said, interrupting him. Yes, I mean, yeah. Is there any confusion on whether or not you're married? No, father, I am married. Shit, I'm, I'm already starting to cry. I searched for a Kleenex in my leather satchel and realized I had none. I didn't plan on crying. I didn't even plan on coming here today. Now I'm sniffling, snot, and wiping my eyes with the sleeve of a sweater that wasn't even mine. Okay, father said in a confused tone. Then I think you should do that with your husband. What? No! I said loud enough to hear my own voice echo through the cave-like hall. No, he said. No, I can't have sex with my husband. Uh... Okay, maybe... And I can't do this, I interrupted him. I gotta go. You're right then, Father said, starting with me. I am? About what? You can't talk about this. If you're not ready, that is. But when you are, I'll be here. And God, as you know, is everywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of, Father, I said. Excuse me? Nothing, Father. I gotta go. Wait! I rushed out the pew and ran up the aisle past other sinners that was that I was sure would reach heaven before I did. I didn't even breathe until my feet hit the pavement across the street from the massive 200-year-old cathedral manufactured by stonemasons and I felt sick to my stomach as I started as I stared back at the 15-foot stained glass windows with angels and crosses. I'm going to hell. I thought and there's and there's no if ands or buts about it. On the bus ride back home, my mind was racing. If anybody knew what I was thinking or even had an inkling of what I did this morning, everything would be lost. That was so stupid. Why are you so stupid, Edna? I thought to myself while looking out the window to the sunrise making its way over some clouds in the distance. Why would you even put yourself in that position? Is your thirst for dick so great that you're willing to lose it all? Everything you've gone through. Everything you are. You don't even know who you are outside the world you've been a part of for the last 29 years. Woman, your, women your age should not act like this. I'd be on the streets if I kept these fucking if I kept at these fucking thoughts and it would have to stop. Even the black sweater and blue jeans I stole in the dark earlier seemed to know of my sinful nature and brushed against my skin so hard that I looked like a meth addict speed walking down prairie street scratching my left arm and by the time i entered the underground basement door from the alleyway and climbed up the stairs to my room i realized that the whole field trip was a horrific mistake that i would not make again once inside i rid myself of the pedestrian clothes put them back exactly the way that i left them and took a hot shower in an attempt to wash away the sin on my body and in my head don't you ever do that shit again I said, looking at myself in the mirror after my shower. But when I peered deep into my own eyes, the thin streak of black between the green, something in there moved and something took over me. An admiration, a beauty, a soft sensualness that made me warm on the inside. My dark brown hair with curls at the bottom dripped water onto my neck and my shoulders. My breasts expanded in rhythm of and rhythm of my rib cage and my navel collected the water from my abdomen, filling it, then releasing it out the mouth. Then it disappeared, but I can still feel the droplet 
navigating through through each follicle, teasing me slowly as gravity pulled it further and deeper to its destination. It hung on the split of my pussy for what I felt like an eternity for what felt like an eternity, and when it finally entered on its own accord, a moan escaped my throat so primal that I scared myself. Ugh. My eyes shot open. Shit, I didn't even remember closing them. Completely freaked, I listened and prayed no one had no one heard, and instincts made instincts made me grab my towel covering myself. After a while, I breathed a sigh of relief when I thought the coast was clear and was instantly pissed at myself that I let the thought of sex poison my brain yet again. Fuck, I thought as I dried off. Not again. I got dressed in the less scratchy and much more breathable dark robe that I'm used to with the white shawl that covered my head. I stuffed my my pantyhose feet into my ancient loafers with the golden buckle resembling one of a leprechaun. Then finally, I placed the cross chain of our Holy Father around my neck and let it hang long to the middle of my body and go downstairs to join the rest of the sisters for the 7 a.m. morning prayer before breakfast. And boom! So that is chapter one of None, no pun intended, N-O-N-E, when... Now you can see me trying to be clever that it's none as if the nun not getting none. And she's also a nun. I know. I thought I was being clever. It's not the coolest thing. But uh, yeah, so I thought about this story quite a while ago about a nun who, um, for all intents and purposes, you know, wants to have sex. And it is, you know, eating at her, biting at her. And she's a nun. I assume that this happens in real life, but I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I thought it'd be interesting to enter into the mind of a person who was deemed for their whole life to not have sex when the old natural ability and natural instincts and natural uh, primal nature of humans is to have sex and procreate. So I thought it would be interesting to navigate those waters and uh, see how that goes. Hope you guys think it's interesting, too. But we'll continue on with chapter two next week, maybe even more chapter three or chapter four. Uh, I'm still writing it, obviously, as we go. But um, I think it's an interesting topic. So I hope you liked it. I hope you loved it. And I, if not, I hope you listened and learned something from it. And uh, we'll see how it goes next week. So thank you very much for listening. This is Michael Anthony McMillan, Dialogue Heavy Podcast. And you know where you can reach me at the Griot on instagram or uh mzz ack 199 at gmail.com for the email so with that being said i'll get out of your hair for this week and i'm out peace